Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome back to the Cyber Law Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Spencer Pollock, cybersecurity and privacy attorney at McDonald Hopkins. As always, keep those questions, calls, comments coming. Call me at 410-917-5189 or email me at spollock, that's S as in Sam, P as in Paul, O-L-L-O-C-K at mcdonaldhopkins.com. Thanks for joining. Today, we're going to talk about the continuous, continuously rapidly evolving uh, legal and regulatory environment surrounding cyber and privacy. Specifically, let's touch on the recent proposed amendments to the New York Department of Financial Services cybersecurity law. Just as a refresher, this is one of the more strict cybersecurity laws in the country, impacting anybody who's licensed, a covered entity who's licensed to do business in New York under finance, banking, or insurance. So it's pretty widespread, widespread spectrum. There we go. The new amendments basically say the following. One, we're talking about requirements for class A companies, data governance, risk assessments, technological safeguards, inventory management, business continuity, disaster recovery planning, notifications, and new penalties. So what are the big parts about this? If you have a class A company, a class A company is basically any company over 2,000 employees or $1 billion in gross avenue re- revenue averaged over the last three fiscal, fiscal years will be subject to new requirements, including independent audits, vulnerability assessments, at least weekly, password controls, and endpoint detection monitoring. So the requirements on these companies are a lot. But if you consider the amount of revenue these companies have, it's actually not an unreasonable ask. Second, we talk about the data governance side. So with data governance, covered entities across the board will now need to implement and maintain written policy or policies approved at least annually by the covered entity senior governing body. So this now places more of a burden on senior leadership. Further, other additions included uh, greater independence for the CISO. You're going to need to perform tabletop exercises and incident response planning and give a much greater attention to business continuity and disaster recovery, which we'll talk about in a minute. Third, you have risk assessments. Covered entities are now going to be required to do tailored risk assessments, meaning identifying cybersecurity risks to operational assets, individuals, and customers. These risk assessments must be updated annually, and covered entities must conduct a risk assessment whenever there's been a change in business or technology that impacts material change to its cyber risk. Next is technological safeguards. No matter the size, a covered entity will now need to implement more strict access controls and data inventory related to privileged accounts. All covered entities are going to have to implement multi-factor authentication across all privileged accounts and ensure that protocols are in place that allow remote protocols that allow remote control of devices. So you're looking at more technological controls for all covered entities, more technological safeguards. Next, there's inventory management. So companies are now going to be, will now need to maintain an accurate and complete assessment inventory as part of their cybersecurity program. This includes a minimum track, tracking critical information for its assets, um, including owner, location, classification, sensitivity, hardware assets, app, operating system, and applications along with API and cloud services. 
Next, you have business continuity and discovery disaster recovery plan. So the law, the new amendments are going to require covered entities to put in a business continuity and disaster recovery plan. Basically, they're going to have to have a plan in place to talk about what they're going to do if everything goes down and to ensure operational resilience. So basically, how are you going to protect and operate in the event of a disaster? Next, there's the notification part. So right now, the NYDFS requires covered entities to report uh, an actual or suspected cybersecurity incident within 72 hours. However, now, if there's a ransom payment, they're required to some apologies. Within 24 hours of paying a ransom, they have to tell the NYDFS of the payment. And then within 30 days, they need to explain why they did this and explain were there alternatives considered and other than and also discuss if they did the sanctions check. So they basically are going to do an audit about you paying a ransom. Finally, we're looking at penalties, which is obviously the most consequential part of the new law. So the draft amendment lays out two primary penalties. First, a single act prohibited under this law or failure to satisfy an obligation constitutes a violation. This includes a failure to notify the NYDFS within 24 hours of an actual, uh, I'm sorry, within 72 hours of a actual or suspected cybersecurity incident. Second, the NYDFS lays out mitigation factors that it may consider when assessing fines and penalties. This is going to include cooperation, good faith, intention, prior history of violations, the severity of the violation harmed customers. So what's the bottom line? The bottom line is that you need to be focused, laser focused on keeping pace with the changes in these type of laws. As the old saying goes, ignorance is no excuse under the law. So make sure you're involving the necessary parties to keep you up to date and keep you compliant because the NYDFS is just the first. Other states are going to start doing the same thing, and you're going to see regulators be a lot less accepting of you saying, well, I didn't know the law changed. So keep the head in the books. Keep following these laws. Talk to the appropriate parties, you know, parties that are knowledgeable about this, and keep being prepared. Preparation is obviously the key part to all of this. That's all for today. We're going to have a great speaker coming up in two weeks. I say that, and then they might back out, but I'm hoping they do not back out. Uh, but thanks again for coming. Keep the questions, calls, comments coming. 410-917-5189 or email me at spollock at mcdonaldhopkins.com. As always, have a great morning, great afternoon, or great evening.